You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back right here on Payne.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. And we are analyzing industrial society and its future written in 1995. We've got a ways to go, folks. Let's jump right back in here. Number five, it says in this article, we give attention to only some of the negative developments that have grown out of the industrial technological system. Other such developments we mention only briefly or ignore altogether. Uh, I'm sorry, folks. That other developments we mention only briefly or ignore altogether. This does not mean that we regard these other developments as unimportant. For practical reasons, we have to confine our discussion to areas that have received insufficient public attention or in which we have something new to say. For example, since there are well-developed environmental and wilderness movements, we have written very little about environmental degradation or the destruction of wild nature, even though we consider these to be highly important. Now, let me just say, that's like what we do here on this show. Obviously, this show could last forever until the day I die, so I'll be able to cover more than this author did, but they were packing this into 34 pages. So they couldn't write about everything. I mean, maybe we'll eventually talk about everything here. I don't think so. But on a lot of episodes, I have to narrow my research, narrow what I discuss, or we'll never move on to the next topic. So that's what this author is saying. The other thing is, there you go. He's talking about environmental and wilderness movements. But you're going to see, like I said, this is a very nuanced paper. So throughout this, there's going to be triggers for you, whether you're on the right or you're on the left, things that you don't understand. For instance, people on the right might have just been triggered by the fact that he talked about environmental and wilderness movements, and they're going to say, oh, this is a leftist. He's talking about the fake climate change hustle that Wide Awake Jim and Dustin have been covering. I'm going to tune out. But that's not what it is, folks. There's many people on the right that were conservationists, like real conservation, like actually not polluting and destroying the earth, but not under the climate change hope. And what has happened over the last couple of decades is uh, folks out there, you know, me included for many years, have been driven into different boxes. And so whether you're in the box of constitutional conservatism or you're in the box of anti-fascism or the box of MAGA or whatever, you then don't want to listen to any other ideas. Your worldview is now confined, confined to this little box you live in. And so, although on the right, you might have just been triggered by that, you're going to see he gets a little more into this. You're going to see it's not about this fake climate change stuff. The next section here, the title will trigger people on the left. It says the psychology of modern leftism. Again, this is written in 1995. But folks, if you come from the left, just chill out and listen. Just listen, because this stuff is important. I'm telling you, this is brilliant work here. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't spend my time covering this. I've read this paper several times throughout my life. Now, I am going to take off my sunglasses here because I'm reading uh, straight in front of me is my camera. And then there's a power cord running, which I wired up to the top and there were some problems. So I got to rewire it. But I'm going to take these off so I can read this a little bit better. I wear the sunglasses for two reasons. One, 
for branding, all right? The gold standard, I wear the gold aviators. The other thing is, there's really bright studio lights in front of me, and it's hard sometimes to read, but I have to take them off to read this. All right, let's go. This is the psychology of modern leftism. Number six, almost everyone will agree that we live in a deeply troubled society. One of the most widespread manifestations of the craziness of our world is leftism. So a discussion of the psychology of leftism can serve as an introduction to the discussion of the problems of modern society in general. All right. And I think we would say the same today, 28 years after this was written. It says almost everyone will agree that we live in a deeply troubled society. No matter who president is, whether it's Barack Obama or it's Donald Trump or it's Joe Biden, we always say we live in a troubled society. You start out loving that president if you're on their side. Then a couple of years in, you realize you hate them. They said they were anti-war. Now they're pro-war. They said they're anti-oil. Now they're pro-oil. Whatever it may be. Right. So we're always living in this troubled society. People on the left think the people on the right are fascist. People on the right think the people on the left are communists. Of course, no one really understands the definition of fascism or communism. We're all pointing our fingers at each other. And so that's what happens. That's what happens. It's orchestrated by the elites. Let's continue. Number seven. But what is leftism? During the first half of the 20th century, leftism could have been practically identified with socialism. Today, the movement is fragmented, and it is not clear who can properly be called a leftist. When we speak of leftists in this article, we have in mind mainly socialists, collectivists, quote, politically correct, end quote, types, feminists, gay and disability activists, animal rights activists, and the like. But not everyone who is associated with one of these movements is a leftist. What we are trying to get at in discussing leftism is not so much movement or an ideology as a psychological type, or rather a collection of related types. Thus, what we mean by, quote, leftism, end quote, will emerge more clearly in the course of our discussion of leftist psychology. Right, and that'll be in paragraphs 227 to 230. All right, folks, so there. He is very nuanced. He's trying not to offend anyone. He's telling you exactly what he is going to talk about. But the idea of a leftist there, we can kind of connect it here. And I think what's going on back in 95, you see him today, you see him saying that leftism, the movement is fragmented, and it's not clear who could be called a leftist. I think we've even seen more of that since 2015, since the presidential run of Donald Trump. Definitions have been mixed up. Groups have been mixed up. Right, left, conservative, liberal. Nobody really knows what that means anymore. I talk a lot about that here at the Dustin Gold Standard. Nobody really knows what they are. And if you want to congregate with folks that are like-minded where you find them and then people fight over the small details. And so no one really understands what group they fit into anymore, which really would be ideal right if we were just citizens of the united states and but but the problem is they made it about teams and you don't know what team to go to and then your team is corrupt and that team's i mean it just gets very complicated folks but i i see in 95 they were having the same issue obviously i was 14 years old was not paying attention to this back then it says number eight 
Even so, our conception of leftism will remain a good deal less clear than we would wish, but there doesn't seem to be any remedy for this. All we are trying to do here is indicate in a rough and approximate way the two psychological tendencies that we believe are the main driving force of modern leftism. We by no means claim to be telling the whole truth about leftist psychology, Also, our discussion is meant to apply to modern leftism only. We leave open the question of the extent to which our discussion could be applied to the leftists of the 19th and early 20th centuries. Again, the author is clarifying here. All right. He doesn't mean to offend you. He's just trying to educate you. Number nine, the two psychological tendencies that underline modern leftism, we call, quote, feelings of inferiority, end quote, and, quote, over-socialization, end quote. Feelings of inferiority are characteristic of modern leftism as a whole, while over-socialization is a characteristic only of a certain segment of modern leftism, but this segment is highly influential. All right, so he's going to break this down. Don't get offended by it, folks. Don't get offended, right? Why would you be offended by this unless you suffer from feelings of inferiority? (laughs) And then you would prove the author's point. So just hang with me, folks, you know, because I think at the end of the day, if I was going to classify myself... I would really be a classical liberal. All right, we'll get into that as well. It's all about freedom, folks. I'm freedom and liberty. I frankly would uh, choose to have no government at this point. Someone on Twitter the other day asked a stupid question. It was like a finance guy or something. I don't know, some blue check mark. And they said, uh, would you support eliminating the IRS and having a flat income tax of 15%? I said, no. I would support ending the IRS, ending the income tax, and ending the Federal Reserve. Then we could abolish Washington, D.C., dissolve the United States of America, and return all power to the individual states. And that would be a start. That would be a start. So that's that's where I'm coming from at this point, folks. I want to reduce government down to your neighborhood. That, that's how small of government I want, which I will never get. Nor will I go out and uh, advocate for it publicly because it would do me no good, uh, nor would that ever happen, not in my lifetime. It says here, feelings of inferiority, number 10. By feelings of inferiority, we mean not only inferiority feelings in the strict sense, but a whole spectrum of related traits, low self-esteem, feelings of powerlessness, depressive tendencies, defeatism, guilt, self-hatred, etc. We argue that modern leftists tend to have some such feelings, possibly more or less repressed, and that these feelings are decisive in determining the direction of modern leftism. Now, I think, folks, since COVID land the high school theater production, these traits have been on the rise. Look, low self-esteem, feelings of powerlessness, Depressive tendencies, defeatism, guilt, self-hatred. I mean, think about that. That's because, in my opinion, all of the stuff that the elites throw at us, psychological operations like COVID land, the high school theater production, driving people out of the workforce with machines and AI and automation, all of these things start to create these traits. You know, confusing people with real science at a young age, 
taking away male and female, saying there are no sexes, that people could be blended. The gender is just a social co- uh, construct. If gender is a social construct, why are they sending people to an operating room to have their genitals mutilated and then putting them on hormone blockers or estrogen or testosterone or other chemicals in order to help change that person into another sex when in fact they are not converting to another sex they are not transitioning their gender they are in fact just doing plastic surgery and then hurting their body by taking hormones that don't belong in their body how is gender a social construct if you need to get surgery and take and take hormones in order to match your version of whatever construct you live in think about that folks but in 95 he pegged modern leftism to be attached to these traits and i think these traits now have been spread far and wide and we're seeing them in action because of psychological operations that our own state uh, is running against the folks out there ladies and gentlemen i'm going to run to a short break my name is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back to pain.tv slash gold you are listening to the dustin gold standard right here with me dustin gold all right folks we are reading from industrial society and its future written in 1995 if you're just joining us we are on paragraph 11 this is a long one folks i have some analysis but i'm going to read through it and then we'll talk about this it says when someone interprets as derogatory almost anything that is said about him or about groups with whom he identifies we conclude that he has inferiority feelings or low self-esteem let me just interject there for one second you know people today if i just read that Okay, they would automatically interpret that sentence as derogatory because it says almost anything that is said about him, we conclude that he has inferiority feelings. Well, it's him and he. It doesn't say she or her. It doesn't say them or they. So someone right there would interpret that as derogatory in the world we live in today. This was written in 95, 28 years ago. It goes on to say, the tendency is pronounced among minority rights activists, whether or not they belong to the minority groups whose rights they defend. They are hypersensitive about the words used to designate minorities and about anything that is said concerning minorities. The terms Negro, Oriental, handicapped, or chick for an African, an Asian, a disabled person, or a woman originally had no derogatory connotation. All right, United Negro College Fund, folks. Okay, we didn't come up with that term. The folks that run the organization did. Handicapped, that's what my grandfather was called. That's what he called himself, a handicapped parking spot. He had polio. He contracted in 1952, or at least they say polio, right? He ended up kind of paralyzed from the waist down. Uh, You know, so come on, give me a break here. 
Goes on to say, broad and chick were merely the feminine equivalents of guy, dude, or fellow. The negative connotations have been attached to these terms by the activists themselves. Some animal rights activists have gone so far as to reject the word pet and insist on its replacement by, quote, animal companion, end quote. Leftist anthropologists go to great lengths to avoid saying anything about primitive peoples that could conceivably be interpreted as negative. They want to replace the word primitive by, quote, non-literate, end quote. They seem almost paranoid about anything that might suggest that any primitive culture is inferior to our own. We do not mean to imply that primitive cultures are inferior to ours. We merely point out the hypersensitivity of leftist anthropologists. Now, I, th- this is fantastic. It's fantastic because what did we just live through in modern history over the last five, six years? The cancel culture, you know, me too, with the political correctness to the extreme, wokeness, all this stuff, folks, this hypersensitivity and people rebranding words and saying you can't use this word you can't use that word you can't say black you can't say negro you can't say african-american all of this stuff cultural appropriation you know we've seen it all so since this was written in 95 we've seen this stuff on steroids especially in the last five six seven years all right number 12 those who are most sensitive about quote politically incorrect end quote terminology are not the average black ghetto dweller asian immigrant abused woman or disabled person but a minority of activists many of whom do not even belong to any quote oppressed end quote group but come from privileged strata of society political correctness has its stronghold among university professors who have secure employment with comfortable salaries and the majority of whom are heterosexual white males from middle to upper middle class families so true is this not true it is so true you see it today uh, all through the black lives matter movement and everything else folks it's generally these white yuppies these trust fund hipsters you know running around trying to set the term i know many in my life in my family that work in social work and such they run around as the defenders of all these people when these people have no idea what's even going on a lot of this in fact is orchestrated Okay, and it's harnessed by the big money. So the big money, I mean, this is, this was going on for a long time, folks. You could have a gay couple that wants nothing to do with this, doesn't really care. They live their life. They go to work. They come home. They do their gay stuff in the house, and they don't really care. But then these activists and these charlatans and these uh, poverty pimps like Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, there's been a number of these folks over the years, they come in. They try to create a problem because they're going to end up profiting off it all right that's generally how this worked when they're talking about this in 1995 terms let's continue number 13 many leftists have an intense identification with the problems of groups they have an image of being weak for instance women defeated for instance american indians repellent for instance homosexuals or otherwise inferior 
The leftists themselves feel that these groups are inferior. They would never admit to themselves that they have such feelings, but it is precisely because they do see these groups as inferior that they identify with their problems. We do not mean to suggest that women, Indians, etc. are inferior. We only are making a point about leftist psychology. Okay, so when the author puts in those notes, folks, I agree with those wholeheartedly. Uh, I don't believe any of these groups are inferior. There are folks that will tell you that they are. That's fine. That's their opinion. I don't believe so. I go around and live my life looking at everyone is pretty equal. When you cross me uh, or you annoy me, I may lower you in my head. But that's on an individual basis, folks. That's on an individual basis, not as a group of people. You know, based on your ethnicity or your religion or your color, your creed, whatever. Okay. But I have seen it in my own life where people that identify as the left, as the author points out, you know, that they identify as a modern leftist, that they think they're the protectors of these quote unquote inferior folks. And it's really because in their head, they believe those folks are inferior and they have to protect them. And we're going to get into the psychology of this in the paper. So if you identify in the left over there, right, or as a liberal or progressive or whatever, seriously, just take a step back and look in the mirror. Think about this. Folks on the right are about to get hit as well in this paper. I told you, it's very nuanced, and it's trying to just tell the truth. And in the end, this is a wake-up call. Uh, uh, and, and I will say, I, I brought it up earlier, I'm not sure if this was revelation of method, predictive programming, or the author really was writing this because they were concerned and they wanted to warn people. But this is a wake-up call for humanity in general. So step back and look in the mirror and uh, learn something from this. Learn something about yourself. Don't tune it out because you are being uh, reactive, okay? Or you think that this paper is somehow derogatory towards you. It's not. Trust me. This is a wake-up call. Just like my show. It's a wake-up call for humanity. It goes on to say, I, I mean, in my, I wish everyone would get along. That, that would be fantastic. I wish we would turn against the elites together. The right, left, conservative, liberal. I think if we all saw that the elitists in government and the elitists in corporations and the banksters and all these folks were actually evil, the technocrats and the transhumanists just want to divide us to control us, that would be great. That would be great. I would support that wholeheartedly. Uh, that's what I wish this show was able to accomplish, was to bring just everyday people together because they become educated on who the real enemy is. Uh, number 14, feminists are desperately anxious to prove that uh, women are as strong and as capable as men. Clearly, they are nagged by a fear that women may not be as strong and as capable of men. Now, in my opinion, women are stronger and more capable than men at some things, and men are stronger and more capable than women on some things. That's fine. That's how the world works. I mean, man brings the sperm. Woman has the egg. Woman carries the baby. Man's supposed to protect the family and bring home food. Woman cooks it, raises the child. Nothing wrong with that, folks. Nothing wrong with that. That's a healthy family. Now, it's not necessarily the women that created the problem, but feminism, we can get into that one day, is a whole fake movement as well. The objective was to pit man against woman and woman against man, break up the families, uh, destroy the home, 
It's all done intentionally, folks, intentionally. All right, number 15, leftists tend to hate anything that has an image of being strong, good, and successful. They hate America. They hate Western civilization. They hate white males. They hate rationality. The reasons that leftists give for hating the West, etc., clearly do not correspond with their real motives. They say they hate the West because it is warlike, imperialistic, sexist, ethnocentric, and so forth. But where these same faults appear in socialist countries or in primitive cultures, the leftist finds excuses for them. Or, at best, he grudgingly admits that they exist. Whereas he enthusiastically points out and often greatly exaggerates these faults where they appear in Western civilization. Thus, it is clear that these faults are not the leftist real motive for hating America in the West. He hates America in the West because they are strong and successful. And so this is where you'll see hypocrisy or people seeming to contradict themselves, right? So uh, let's take, for example, in uh, the case of Islam with female genital mutilation, right? Somehow the elitists were able to orchestrate a movement where feminists here in the United States that were calling men pigs were actually cheering on Islam and the woman wearing the burqa and getting her genitals mutilated, saying, leave them alone, that's their culture, when the entire culture there is about holding the woman down. So they'll defend that, but over here they're fighting all the men. See, it doesn't make any sense, folks. It doesn't make sense. So instead they're attacking success, they're uh, attacking people that are strong, when they become hypocrites and defend things that don't make sense because it's the complete opposite of what they're defending. I think part of that is because some of them are true believers and they're actually gaslighting themselves. They're making themselves go crazy. You know, and I know saying crazy and women, I'm going to get myself into trouble for this, folks, but we have to start to talk the truth. Again, this is written in 1995. Uh, Paragraph 16, words like self-confidence, self-reliance, initiative, enterprise, optimism, etc., play little role in the liberal and leftist vocabulary. The leftist is anti-individualistic, pro-collectivist. He wants society to solve everyone's problems for them, satisfy everyone's needs for them, take care of them. He is not the sort of person who has an inner sense of confidence in his ability to solve his own problems and satisfy his own needs. The leftist is antagonistic to the concept of competition because deep inside he feels like a loser. All right? Now, how many years has it been since we've gone through everyone gets a trophy? There are no winners. There are no losers. Well, who were those policies designed and pushed by? I mean, probably by the elites, but then they create these so-called left-leaning or people that identify on the left to be the Karens and the Kens and the brown shirts out there 
pushing this type of stuff. So they draw from people who have low self-esteem, who don't feel like a winner, and they turn those into the activists who go and they push these policies in the Board of Eds and such. Now, again, a lot of this damage was already done. This is written in 95. This author's trying to warn about it. Since then, a lot of this stuff has already been put into practice. All right, it's already out there. We already see it. We already see it in action, right? So a lot of this has already been done. The damage has been done. But this author saw it coming. This author talks all about it. This is just the beginning, folks. This is just the tip of the iceberg. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 